Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to the Pleasure and Prosperity Podcast. I'm your host, Laura McPhee, and this show is here to support you in increasing the pleasure, joy, and orgasmic bliss in your life while you prosper in your business, finances, and relationships. If you're a coach, healer, light worker, entrepreneur, seeker, high achiever, or spiritual human on this planet, welcome home. And thank you for all the work that you do in the world. This podcast is here to nourish and feed you all along your journey. You'll receive lots of gold nuggets when I vulnerably share my personal experiences, especially in the bedroom, because sexual energy is powerful, pure, creative, life force energy that created us all. We'll also clear out limiting beliefs that have been holding you back so that you can easily align to your heart's desires and we can all co-create new paradigms and a better world together. It's my intention to create a community of love, support, understanding, and open-hearted communication, as well as repair, as we all walk together on this journey as imperfect human beings here to create amazing, positive ways of change. So if I ever say anything harmful, please share your feedback with me on Instagram at pleasure and prosperity so that I can clean it up and do better. I believe that we deserve to have it all as we rise together serving the world from our overflow and being the change we wish to see. I am so excited to be on this journey with you and to dive into today's episode. Hello loves, we have another episode with David today and we're super excited to get into the deep dive of our weeks and weeks on end where we just basically had sex in Portland for weeks. (laughs) Just <laughs> several hours a day, beginning of the day, middle, and just like all the pleasure, all the erotic blueprint expansion, so much like depth of my orgasmic capacity expanded in that time. So we're super excited to dive into that piece. If you haven't listened to the other episodes, you can do that if you want to start your journey there, listening to how it started, how we met at Path of Passion, or like first time we had sex where we had like epic shapeshifter sex you can go back in the podcast and listen to those first or you can listen to them this one and then like go back and binge those whatever way you desire to listen in but I'm super excited to have you on again David thank you so much for joining us how are you doing hello everyone I'm I'm good I I'm life is life is very well yay (laughs) awesome and we get to talk about sex which is super fun (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Awesome. So where we left off before we kind of shared how like transitioning from Path of Passion into me deciding to fly to Portland to essentially like have a bunch of sex with you slash date you and um, how an evolving process. (laughs) (laughs) We evolve and grow very quickly together. Um, So like landed instead of just like jumping each other's bones, which is like a part of me thought, oh, that's like a logical thing that you see in movies. That was like not what our energy was. We flowed with it and like, just like 
got to eat and had breakfast and went for like a nice stroll. And then we went back to your house and like had all the fucking sex. <laughs> but we like integrated into it, like smooth sailing into it versus like yeah. overriding any of our like nervous parts and are just like, we should have sex now because we had sex like yeah. two weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I like to make fun uh, a lot of the time. It's like, look, my experience is that the fastest way to getting to the kind of sex I really want to be having is to go into being present and emotionally connected. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a win-win. I get to have it all, all right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like even going to your house, like you showed me toys first. So I got to like go upstairs to like your separate area and like, see the toys and the different types of floggers and feel them and like get more comfortable with that and then Mm -hmm. obviously I love being flogged in person last time so starting it off like that again was a super fun way to bring that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and I really liked (laughs) how like the way that we worked with kink was like the upstairs area so he has essentially like a separate area of his house that separate from like the rest of it and all that mm-hmm. so it really felt good to have like the upstairs area be like the kink space so for someone newer into like playing with a pro dom and like going so deep with kink like it felt really good to my nervous system and safe that it's like upstairs we do kink and then we have like the aftercare plan and then we like go downstairs mm-hmm. and have all the penetrative sex and like flow with all the things there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, the downstairs area definitely fed my sensual more with, like, how you have, like, the sound system set up and, like, the sound system so loud that it can, like, vibrate me when I play, like, (laughs) fit on the bed. And, like, that's been a fun thing to play with. Um, And, like, the pretty purple twinkly lights and, like, the ambiance of that. And then, like, I'd set up my diffuser and stuff like that. So I really like that we had separate spaces. And I think that that can sometimes help people who are mm-hmm. listening in, who are like, how do I get into this? Yeah. Or how do I expand into my partner's blueprint? Because kink was further down on my like blueprint stack mm-hmm. when we were starting. So it was nice having those like toggles. And as someone who's like very highly sensual, having that thing where it's like, and now we're going to do this. And like the expectation that like we're going upstairs mm-hmm. and I'm going to be all submissive and get to like have fun impact play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things that, um, is easy to communicate with the viewers here is um, because I was familiar with the blueprints and we had that common language and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I knew that you had a lot of sensuality and sensual blueprint in you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was an easy and natural expansion for me to like focus on the sensual nature of what we were doing together. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, that's also how I like to play. Like for me, if all of the sensual background is there, it's much easier for me to just be totally in the space in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it keeps me engaged too. I, in particular for me, sound, like mm-hmm. having, having music playing or having sounds playing that enhance the erotic connection mm-hmm. can keep me present in a way that works with my ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, super super well it keeps the energy uh in a vibration but you have to be careful but i don't know if i think it was the first time you came here we like like some like yoga music like meditation music like came on mm-hmm. and y- y- you were you were like 
I'm going to go into a deep meditative trance if we don't <laughs> skip this song. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I, I'm like trying to remember that. I'm like, <laughs> I definitely know that we've had um, things where we like start to wrap up and I'm like, I've conditioned myself because I've also done like in years since mm-hmm. then, um, not our like first little bit of round of playing, but like since then I've had a lot of like solo play in that space, mm-hmm. like in your bedroom in the yeah. sensual kind of like, delicious area and yeah. on like a king is it king or california king bed like massive space like super nice it's a covers it's like not a california yeah. but yeah it's a king it's big i'm like it's so good <laughs> i like your bed um <laughs> and it was really good so for like my contacts with the music there i've had like songs where we've played with where it's like that will bring me up and i'll start to just like have orgasms with the song or like with the beat of the song and i've also sure. played with a number of fun things with music where like I'll play with kegels as the like beat goes and just get a bunch of orgasms literally just like working with the energetic of the music so I've conditioned Bye. that now really deeply in myself mm-hmm. my solo play um, yeah, yeah and then with like your toys and your sound system like being on the bed and vibrating the bed and vibrating me and like all those things so I've definitely had that where like if we've been particularly if your partner has a, f- a female body uh, vibration cannot be ignored <laughs> like, like no include mm-hmm. that at all possible instances you know bass good <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's um, very 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 good right. so yeah i've definitely uh, had that where it's like we're com- we're, get- we're moving more to completing or we're moving into a different energy and i'm like this song is gonna make me do this because i've very much conditioned that into me <laughs> yeah yeah one of the things that I want to, so I, I want to just like dial us down just a notch to, for the viewers, um, just to like get into um, when I and we were engaging in that erotic connection, mm-hmm. part of not just jumping into bed and having sex was I'm here to create an erotic experience with you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we've talked about that in other podcasts, too. But mm-hmm. that sort of intention of I'm here to be with you, be present with you and mm-hmm. be in intimacy with you. And then whatever that space allows to arise is where we're coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and that that's what allows um, the the fullness of the desire to really manifest Right. And it, it can kind of seem a little frustrating if you've got some sexual blueprint going. It's like, I just want to ask, like, you know, like whatever, you know, like, but like mm-hmm. it's, it's very important to like ground in I'm here to be with my partner. And trust me, all the, all the fetishes and kinks, they come up, like <laughs> you'll get there. Right. Like, you know, like, <laughs> but particularly because we started that journey with the intention of we're here to get together and have epic sex like that was Mm -hmm. what we were there for Mm -hmm. um particularly when we began i was both in the place of goody goody and (laughs) and also the the place of like looking to to um curate an experience which is what i generally do when i'm in a dominant mode right it's like i'm I'm curating the experience of my submissive Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's like putting on a theater show in a way, right? You know, and you don't want to hide things from people, but like, you know, it's like I'm putting on a a production for my submissive. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, you know, uh, for me as a dominant, um, who's dominant, not only in my bedroom style, but also in how I conduct my intimate life and my romantic life. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I am curating an experience that is about curating it for you, for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, like that's, and, um, the reason I'm, I'm dialing all this down and like illustrating that is that that's how we got to doing all these things this way. How it was like, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about, all right, we're going to move towards penetrative sex. Mm -hmm. I want the lighting like this. I want the sound like this. I want the sheets like this. I want liberator blankets like that, or, you know, like Mm -hmm. all the various (laughs) things, because I want to make that experience as, as rich as I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, coming from that intention of like, I'm looking to create a rich erotic experience for both of us yeah. is something, you know, like you don't have to be a Dom or, you know, like, like working from that level to make that happen. You can just mm-hmm. be like, Hey, I want that. Right. You know, like, you <laughs> yeah. know, like co-create it, have your partner create it you know, create it for them, whatever, right. You know, like, like, but, you know, really taking charge of your space and taking charge of how the experience occurs is a very valuable investment in our erotic life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, yeah, totally buy those soft pillows and get that, get that sex swing or, you know, like play (laughs) with the, but you know, the leather cups you have don't, you don't turn you on as much as the ones that are, you know, get those, get the ones that, you know, like, mm-hmm. like do the little things because the little things allow us to create the big things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think like, we can't overemphasize that enough that like the little things build and they expand and they like grow and they like culminate together to have the the level of like bliss expansion eroticism that we've experienced because as the receiver of that like me Mm -hmm. laying on the bed in in, like excited (laughs) anticipation of you getting everything set up you putting the toys out like you making sure that it was the right track and the right playlist like the care that you would put into those pieces Mm -hmm. as well like set a really solid foundation for both of us yeah Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, from a blueprint perspective, if you are, um, if you're with a partner, whether you're in a, a like in a kinky dynamic situation where you're like one person's the top, one person's the bottom, mm-hmm. um, and you're, you're looking to play with that kind of a dynamic, or you're just looking to share experiences of it's like, you know, yeah, okay, technically that person's, you know, doing the the thing and the other person's receiving the thing, but like you, maybe you're going to plenty the switch or, you know, you, there's no like particular power or, you know, authority structure in place for that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the just being, oh shoot, what was I saying? Like being in charge of that experience. Um, it, it, it's, it's, part of the dance Mm -hmm. right yeah I feel like there was something else I wanted to say but I'm not remembering (laughs) yeah and like I like that we're kind of like switching between having a conversation to like the very kinky people in the room and the people who are just like 
general blueprints, wanting to have more understanding of the blueprints, more understanding right. of themselves, how to feed themselves, how to feed their partner. And like for as much expansion that we did in kink and the, as much like subdom stuff, like we also had many experiences where like, I just like setting up the room, like you yeah. were off doing something else or tending to something else. And then mm-hmm. when it was time for us to go to bed, I had the lights done, like, especially when I started staying for like months and like, not just our first two week period, but like, yeah, yeah. Back a couple different times. Like I like setting mm-hmm. up the room so that it's like sensual and has lavender diffusing and the lights oh. and all the things and make the bed all pretty. And like my sensual really like that too. And that yeah, was I, like I, a I, thing that we had stated. It was just something I started liking to do. <laughs> and we basically one, had one sex the, every night. <laughs> yeah, totally. And one of the things that I, um, I uh, kind of adopted when I was in my twenties was I don't believe in foreplay because I think all of life between times we're having sex should be foreplay to some degree. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, like, like I should be constantly the shepherd of the erotic charge between me and my partner. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't put that down. Mm -hmm. Right. I might take like, you know, like I might take a break from it, but I'm never, um, I'm never not, there right like i'm i don't i don't sign off mm-hmm. right and i'm not i'm never not responsible for it because i think that that's what creates a healthy erotic life is it's yeah. like whether or not I, I might not have a moment i might be doing something else but uh the way i behave the way i act should always reflect um my erotic intentions towards my partner mm-hmm. right yes mm-hmm. um Oh, I remember what I was going to say. The So the, what I was saying about the blueprints is, is like, if you got into the kink world and you're like trying to learn about kink from even good sources in the kink world, mm-hmm. it's, there's a particular brand to the kink world, right? Like that's there, there's, there's a lot of certainly like a, like a lot of like leather and shock value stuff. And, and don't get me wrong. I love all that, but like, mm-hmm. um, it's valuable to understand that like, what people actually end up doing is oftentimes not very well understood by them because they're, they're seeking a feeling, an experience. Mm -hmm. And what we are talking about is creating a sexuality and erotic experience essentially as an altered state, Mm -hmm. right? Like going into deep, powerful altered state experiences with sex, right? Yeah. And, and using erotic energy. Yes. And so in using erotic energy like that, you can, you can really access that with your partner, whether, again, whether or not you're in a DS connection or a, a, a kinky kind of connection, mm-hmm. you can access that kind of depth through knowing your, your erotic experience and the erotic dance you share with your partner. What is it that you love about sexually connecting Mm -hmm. with your partner? What is it like, you know, oh, they have a a sexual blueprint like that you share. Awesome. Lean into that. Mm -hmm. Right. You, you got, you know, we share that sensual blueprint, right? Like, and that's stronger for you, but then it's easy for me to tie in like, like as a simple example, it super works for my kinky blueprint to curate a sensual experience for you because mm-hmm. it gives it, it meets my needs for creating 
surrender, submission in you, my desire to control the experience, Mm -hmm. right? Like those things all come forward for me. And so it's easy for me to just invest my own intentions in creating that because I get all the rewards too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so many overlaps. Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's two different blueprints accessing an experience from two different directions. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I love. And for anyone listening, like you can find those places, even like teeny tiny baby places with you and a partner where you can start to expand together or start to find an overlap and start to understand more why that turns them on and what happens mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So Yeah, I completely agree. And one thing that I wanted to add in is like a little bit of the background for that is like, we are both humans who have very high libidos. (laughs) And we are both humans that a lot of our pieces are very compatible. So like, my number one love language is like physical touch and your physical touch was super high at the time too. So like, Mm -hmm. we just met on so many levels, which allowed a lot of things to flow so well, we didn't have a ton of processing around like, well, I want to do this and you want to do that at the beginning. Like at the beginning, it was just like, holy shit, this is compatible. Our souls are just like, we're doing this now. (laughs) And the universe lined up for that to happen. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And um, one of the things that I find is sort of a consistent pattern for people. Um, when, when, When things are starting, but also like when they're trying to rekindle things is uh, taking care of and understanding what like what our erotic theme or story is with our partner. Like, what do I love about this erotic connection? And like, you know, it's like if my partner has a fantasy that uh, is not my fantasy, like I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. It's it's nice to like figure out ways to tie in the erotic story of who I am with you, with the erotic story of who you are with me and who Mm -hmm. the erotic story of who we are together. Mm -hmm. Right. And the more you invest in that erotic, that mutual erotic story, it, it grows and it evolves. Right. It, 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 it can, um, and it starts to, you know, you start to build associations with that person and exploring and experimenting together that mm-hmm. makes it like, that's what makes it juicy, right? That must make, it makes it exciting to try the new thing instead of scary, yeah. right? It makes it fun and super hot to yeah. try <laughs> that new thing that you'd never considered before. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you're fucking loving it and coming everywhere. And it's yeah. great. Right? <laughs> and, um, and like, building that kind of mutual investment of erotic charge, praying into it and being curious instead of defensive Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, investing in making it safe for both of you, investing in making it um, uh, fulfilling, right? Like making it really, like really fulfilling. Um, Once you, you hit, you hit a, a high, Right. And then that high gives you the energy to expand and keep growing. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a place of like, man, I really want kink and my partner is super not interested in kink. Like, you know, it, it's, it's a good time. In my opinion, it's a good time to like take a step back and be like, what is it that I erotically love about my partner? Mm-hmm. What can, what, what do I in, like deeply enjoy? And 
you know, and now I'm thinking of the people who have been with a partner maybe for a while, and maybe the charge is a little harder to maintain at the moment, Mm -hmm. or it's maybe not there at the moment, right? Like, it's good to like, take that time to think positive thoughts erotically Mm -hmm. about your partner. It's like, you know, my husband's a handsome man. And I love that about him. You know, my wife, you know, even though we've been together 15 years, God, that is still a very nice booty, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like stuff like that, like appreciating the erotic components. It's, and if you can do it, even when things are hard, like it's, it's like a good reframe is like, just really, like really remembering like what you really a treasure about being with your partner. Yeah. Um, and because that, that kind of positive thinking builds and then, you know, eventually if you do it enough, what happens, even if you've been out of touch for a while is like, they'll ask you something. that's like, do you even find me attractive? And you'll be like, are you kidding me? That <laughs> ass is, you know, like, you know, like, like, and, and because it's genuine, you've been, yeah. you've been building it in your mind that you really appreciate that about them. Mm-hmm. Then it, it makes it much easier to, to, tune into that and not be stuck in any grievances or frustrations that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to speak to like my high energetic because back when we started getting together, I was shifting from like my energetic and my sensual being like the highest of my stack. And then I'd like more open up into sexual kink, shapeshifter, all the things. Um, So for some of your like deeper kink parts, because I'm a highly sensitive person, because I'm very highly energetic, because I'm a like really awesome empath. There was a lot Mm -hmm. of things that we could just like be in bed cuddling together with like my body attached to yours and like Mm -hmm. me feeling your excitement, like me seeing you light up talking about fetishes or specific fantasies, like an asylum, if you had taken me a year before being like, Hey, do you ever think that you're going to get turned on by this? Or all of a sudden come when someone talks about (laughs) this, I'd be like, no. Like that doesn't interest me at all. (laughs) Maybe someday, uh, but like, I wouldn't think yet when we were in that container, Mm -hmm. I expanded a ton and there are specific fetishes and fantasies that are now totally mine because they're turn-ons within me. And I feel like that can be a big energetic superpower that sometimes people are like, well, how, if my partner's so energetic, do I even get this? And it's like, We'll do something that feels so safe to each other and let you both like without the intention of, because you weren't like, oh, I'm going to get her into this fetish by talking about it. You were just like sharing from pure joy about things that turn you on and things that have gotten you off before and experiences that you've had. And like, especially in like expanding into the poly piece around like other women and threesomes and like fun things like that. Mm -hmm. I was just like, ah, your energy talking about that. Like I desire to one, feel more of you talking about this and to experience this with you someday, like to add this into our dynamic to like have yeah. these things come yeah. in. It was just so good. <laughs> I cannot speak highly enough of the process of sharing fantasies because sharing fantasies gives you the opportunity to uh, build an intimacy between your erotic mind and your partner's erotic mind. Mm-hmm. And it gives you like, you know, I definitely took on a number of fantasies from my time with my ex-wife mm-hmm. because she she and I would share a rich fantasy life together. We would just mutually we would just masturbate together while fantasizing. He's like, we could have been having sex. But no, it's like, no, it was a different kind of intimacy. And because of it, there's all kinds of things that I got to know in myself. And, you know, helped me highlight different aspects of my own desire 
mm-hmm. and just become a more expansive erotic being. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, 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 uh, you know, when, when we went into expanding into poly because I've been poly forever and you had that desire. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I just want to talk about like the process of expanding into poly and polyamory. There's kind of two sides to it. And I think when you, if you like go reading books about polyamory, you'll hear a lot about what I would call like the stick of polyamory, where it's like the discipline of letting go of your projections about jealousy and possessiveness, letting go of uh, control of your partner and allowing them to be a free and autonomous person and, you know, those kinds of things. And that's, that's important stuff to like learning to own your power and what your boundaries are and those kinds of things. Very, very valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and em- embracing uh, that sort of freedom mindset is super, super lovely. And yeah. then people, people don't oftentimes, uh, you know, reading that it can be exhausting. Like if you're a monogamous person who's got a partner who wants to be poly, mm-hmm. it can be exhausting to constantly hear about all the ways that you project and, you know, that you're controlling or that you're, whatever, you know, like all the things, which most of it's true. It's like, oh yeah, before I trained my brain to like see those patterns of control is like, yeah, I don't want her to do that. I don't want her to be like that. And it's like, right. That, but that just comes from my insecurities or my whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But it can be exhausting to just hear about that all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a, a lovely way to expand into poly a bit is to mutually fantasize about what is it that I love mm-hmm. about like the idea of having other people in our sphere, mm-hmm. right? That, and you know, if you're going the deep dive, like, like you're really trying to become a fully polyamorous person in like the traditional fully polyamorous way, not being mm-hmm. swingers or including a threesome sometimes or something like that, but you're really trying to become fully polyamorous. Um, there's a lot of layers to work through, but there's a lot of layers to, you know, you can start small, you know, um, and in, in building a partnership with somebody while also being poly and open to other erotic partners, Mm -hmm. it's good to have, again, we're coming back to that theme of like, who are we erotically? Right. Right. And in coming back to who are we erotically? It's, you know, you can, like, the kink world is actually really good at this, right? The kink world is really good at, like, you know, like, super common fetish is cuckolding, right? Right. Like, men who want to watch other men sleep with their wife is a super common fetish, Mm -hmm. right? And I think my personal bias is that the cuckolding world has lower and higher states of consciousness, (laughs) right? So it's not a great place to look for boundaries about that stuff. But it is useful to analyze from a, a perspective of like, but this is a fantasy that a couple can share about including other people in a different way, mm-hmm. right? And what brings us pleasure in that? Uh, the poly world talks a lot about compersion, right? And compersion is, um, is to me, is an altruistic love and appreciation. And that's beautiful. And it's nice to invest in the erotic identity of your partner and yourself as poly people. It's like, mm-hmm. like, maybe you're like, I love that my husband's a stud. Like, maybe that's fucking hot to me. 
right? right. Maybe, maybe I love that, you know, other men want my wife wherever we go. And I love that she gets to do that with them. Like maybe, maybe, and you know, like investing in that and, you know, in the, you know, some people take a lot of security and it's like, and I love that they come home to me. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. And just like investing in that. And my experience is the more you invest in the loving and erotic side of that, it grows into freedom. Right. Mm -hmm. You go like, and you just pay attention. It's like, oh yeah, I can see the little pieces of me that are controlling or that are still insecure but I'm still investing in the positive and I grow more secure every time I allow the thought of it happening and working out, I grow more secure. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a, a million podcasts on polyamory. So mm-hmm. I don't want to go too far down that, that rabbit hole because frankly, they'll talk about it in much more interesting detail than I will. Mm-hmm. But the erotic component I think is really worth like paying attention to and um, and uh, both looking at the ways that we hide insecurities in that, but also in the way that that's the fruit, that that's the carrot, right? Like I mentioned the mm-hmm. stick of polyamory early, the carrot is often, it's like, what makes it juicy to be polyamorous? What makes it juicy? Yeah. And then that, that lesson expands into any kind of exp- erotic expansion, right? Mm-hmm. What makes it juicy for me to expand like this, right? Like it's, you know, like if, if you're only thinking about, I'm just, I, I got to use it because it's such a simple example. If you're only thinking about if it's going to hurt when you, when you take it in the butt, right? <laughs> you're not thinking about how hot it is that you get, that now you're a, a, a person, man or woman who can provide that with a partner. Mm-hmm. Right. That you, that you're like, now I'm that new level of an erotic creature. Mm-hmm. I have that capacity too. Right. Like you become that much more of like a divinely erotic creature. It's like, how cool is that? How fucking hot is that? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's good to sort of pray into the positive erotic experience of any mm-hmm. kind of expansion that you're working on. Yes. And also with the unattached piece, cause that can also bring us into the tangent of like, the first time that we had sex together, like you played a lot with my ass, but not with the intention or the energetic piece mm-hmm. of like me feeling like you wanted anal or that you were going to do that. And yeah. like with me having my background of more like pain and penetration when I was like younger, I was mm-hmm. like, mm, I don't really like cool. Like I've done anal a couple times before, but like I kind of energetically feel empty after like, it just wasn't worth it for me. It wasn't pleasurable. It's like, cool. I'll do sure. it for fun. Like, Sometimes it's pleasurable. Sometimes I'm like, nah, but like that unattachment to it and like the, like, let's just tease with it and play about it. And like all those pieces led to like mm-hmm. last year, I was like, oh fuck, anal's awesome. And that also bridged us in a time when I was very sexual. Cause I was like mm-hmm. fucking put your cock inside of me. I haven't had right. it for a while. Yeah. Any way you want to do it, let's find a way to do it. And like, that <laughs> was our entry point in where, I was so hungry for that penetration and my sexual was so high at the time because we weren't a fucking pandemic. And I was like, I got all these other (laughs) things met, but like, I haven't let a lover put his dick in me since you. So like, I want your dick inside me. And that worked for your kink. That worked like bridge that and like overlap those two blueprints together. So that worked so fucking well. And then I was like, oh, I can have a million orgasms (laughs) from it. It really, it really helped me wake up my, my sexual blueprint. Cause at that Mm -hmm. time, my sexual blueprint was just like, 
was like a poisoned well. Like I felt super weird and gross about it. And, and it, it helped me wake that back up to like getting what I wanted out of sex. And it was, it was great. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, it's one of the beautiful parts about like that mutual dreaming, right. That, that like we found an overlap where we both had desire Mm -hmm. and we pursued that and it opened us both up. And then we got to have all kinds of lovely experiences. Mm -hmm. So good. And then anal was just like how we always finish sex. It was just like, this, you know, <laughs> right. just like an additional part. <laughs> right. Yeah, like that, 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 that was uh, deeply fulfilling. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So I also want to like jump back to my experience in expanding into poly because like my intrigue was like kind of peaked in 2016 when I read like the truth and started to like hear more about like how the West coast does it. And it was really interesting because I'm from the East coast of Canada where a lot of the like more kinky stuff or the more like other than just monogamous sex with your one partner, like a lot of those conversations, at least that I was introduced with, with my community is like, well, you have like play parties or you have a threesome or you do like a swinging thing. Like it was a lot more of that taste So it was very interesting him being on the West coast and seeing more and more of the West coast vibes of like poly or like monogamish and like the different ways you can have situationships, the different ways you can do like relationship anarchy, like all the different things that I wasn't familiar with (laughs) just because I wasn't part of those. um, And that rabbit hole is deep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like I was definitely in a place being in my 20s, like hungry to learn more, adventurous, curious about things, desiring transformational sex. So like, it was such a good time. And anyone who's listening, who's like, oh, well, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Like, there's no shoulds here. Like, just whatever you get turned on by, whatever like piques your interest, like you can follow that if you want, but there's no like one way. And I want to like preface that so much because earlier on, if that had been told to me more often, like, there's no one right way. Like just because someone that you look up to or a mentor or books that you yeah. read or coaches that you've had or people that mean a lot to you in your world are saying the world should be or this should be, there isn't. Like I'm grateful I've had all of these breadths and depths of experience because I can support people and have like lived experiences of a lot of these things. But mm-hmm. if you're just listening and you're like, ooh, I want to expand, like tune into how you are desiring to expand and not yeah. just like going along with it because a guy is telling you to or because you think you should or any of those so that was just kind of coming through and I wanted to share that piece (laughs) totally and and you know it's um if you're working with a partner who's wanting an erotic expansion and you aren't desiring that at the moment like you don't like Mm -hmm. you're not or you're like struggling with the like my partner wants poly or my partner wants this or my partner wants that Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to be open to it right like that that mm-hmm. stage is it's a frustrating place to be right because you're yeah. like i was comfortable i didn't want anything to <laughs> um the the way i think of that as a a good um it's a good place to like check in with yourself about your own eroticism mm-hmm. and ask yourself meaningful questions about um your own erotic story mm-hmm. right um, and to try and come get inside yourself to the place of not just um, like, 
being okay with whatever they want to expand into, but finding what your own erotic ambitions are. Right. And, you know, depending on the level of difference, um, it can be, uh, it can be a a serious point of contention, but Mm -hmm. erotic ambition is something that I think is worth paying attention to. Because you and I, for instance, one of the reasons that we work so well together is that we are both tremendously erotically ambitious. Yes. Right. We're like, we're both tremendously erotically ambitious. We want, it's like, (laughs) we've had 50 orgasms. Cool. Let's top it. Right. Oh, we've had, you know, like, oh, cool. We did that and that and that and that. That sounds like a great way to start Thursday. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, like, like we both have that kind of like, does it end? Well, <laughs> we, we tried, right? you know, like, you know, like, and you know, like, it, and it legitimately like the, that first time we got together, right. It was two and a half weeks before we really got out of that bed. Right. right? Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, then it, and I, in some ways it was like, I think of it as we didn't fulfill the erotic ambition so much as we maxed out on expressing it through pure sex. (laughs) It was like, now it has to be because like erotic energy naturally evolves into intimacy and love, Mm -hmm. right? It naturally evolves into bonding and connection. And so it, that's what it did. Right. And we, we evolved into that next stage. Yeah. Uh, It's good to think of your erotic your erotic existence is like a tree that's growing Mm. right and not as like a checklist that you have to do everything on right because if if you imagine that it's a tree that's growing then you're like look maybe someday the tree will be 10 feet tall and have branches that go off to the left but right now it's three feet tall and it has branches that go straight up Right. right. You know, like, and this is where I'm legitimately at with my erotic experience. Mm-hmm. This is what I, where I'm at and how I want to grow. Maybe my tree doesn't grow to 10 feet tall. I, maybe my tree is excited to be six feet tall. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, you know, and it, it takes all kinds. The yeah. question isn't who, like, are you good enough? The question is, are you as you are? Cause who you are is good enough mm-hmm. as you are do you have match erotically in the life that you have built for yourself with partners that you have with solo play, whatever it is. It's like, am I fulfilling my own erotic ambitions? Yeah. Right. One of the things that was super confusing to me as a kid is that, um, you know, they didn't have the terminology. My mom was a, essentially asexual, mm-hmm. right? Like she, she, her, erotic, she, her, her, her erotic ambitions. She, she wanted a flower that was a, you know, six inches high. Right. Like, like a little, little daisy or something. And I was like, I want to grow an orchard. (laughs) (laughs) It was super confusing, but it's it's like, but nothing's wrong with people who want to grow a flower. Right. right? Mm -hmm. It's just, Oh, this is where I'm at. And if you have a partner who's like, got some more erotic ambition coming up, Mm -hmm. just figuring out how that dance plays together. Yeah. Do you need more partners in your life? Do you need to find other partners? Do you know, like mm-hmm. that, that's, that's it, yeah. right? Is do our, do our erotic ambitions match? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like the intention that we can have for like a relationship going into like the sex life as well. Like how it's like, I'm one being, you're one being, and then our relationship is a whole other entity. So it's like, 
right for people who've been married or who are listening to this and it's like i couldn't imagine getting my partner interested in this it's like well what if you just fed yourself like what if you explored yourself and i hear that from like single women a lot where they're like well i'm single now i'll focus on this when i have a partner it's like no when you focus on this yourself like right now i'm single and my sex life by myself has like gone from like 10 mm-hmm. out of 10 which is still pretty great but i'm like partnered sex with a fucking million or billion out of 10 so i'm like it got to like 20 to 10 and then 100 to 10 and like my solo mm-hmm. sex now is fucking awesome and totally. i've built that up myself and i chose consciously to do that so whether or not you're in a partnership right now you can 100 tend to your own garden your own tree your own okay. flower yeah and then like overflow that into relationships and have clear conversations or use dyads and be like tell me what your desires are tell me how you'd like to expand more like getting curious and having really deep conversation because we had a lot of just like cuddle time where we talked about things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, totally. And, and uh, you know, I'm doing a similar, I'm proving the point that I just made about us both being erotically ambitious here, right? Because (laughs) you're, you're expanding in your way. And I've been, I've spent the last year and a half mentoring for in, in the MS world, Mm -hmm. right. You know, like I'm, I'm, constantly working on and expanding that aspect of my erotic life right you know like, mm-hmm. and um you know like it, it you know this is a radio thing but like my clothing has changed radically in like the last four months right you know like, mm-hmm. um and i'm i'm investing i'm building i'm tending to that orchard that i want to create mm-hmm. right yeah and um it's useful to to be like i am you know like to take ownership of your erotic ambition, mm-hmm. right? And not wait for someone else to, to do it for you. You're looking for a partner to do it with, not a partner who, who activates it in you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so, so good. Um, another piece I want to share to give a little bit more context for anyone who's in like the kind of like poly world is a lot of the people, coaches, and just like members of the erotic blueprint world are very poly. So like the container I was in was also rich with people's stories of how nourishing poly is, how they're like creating community within their family. Like that Mm -hmm. deep connection was like a huge desire for me at the time. Cause I'm like, yeah, like I desire sustainable community. And like, then (laughs) the world went into a pandemic and lockdown. And I'm like, I wish I had created a like local sustainable (laughs) community, all these things beforehand, which like, I trust my divine timing and divine order of life. But like, people who are living poly in such amazing ways and having like deep levels of compersion, like people who just like done whole other levels of relationship work with communication, with their lived experience, with consent, Mm -hmm. with boundaries, with their clarity of what they desire, what their yeses are, what their no's are, like was so enticing to me and exciting and nourishing. So it was one amazing to be a part of that community when we started our relationship. And then as mm-hmm. I was expanding from being only ever monogamous to being in a poly relationship with you, like having that container of people who've had those experiences, who'd share it with me of like me going on a call and getting processing through Jaya. Cause I used to say like, my dad cheated on us. Like I literally had to just think of that. I'm like, what did I used to say? Us. I used to say us <laughs> instead of my mom. Yeah. And it was just, grossness and codependency and enmeshment and like all these things that aren't healthy or supportive and that would unhealthily be there in my monogamous relationship so like I'm so grateful that I had the space to like 
explore with you, to learn from your experiences, to learn from other people's experiences who are coaches and members. Like all of that was so, so, so helpful and supportive for me, like reading the ethical slut, like having such a big amount of resources around me in a community that had like normalized and was like, this is just what we do. And like, this is what works for us. And like everyone gets to choose and you can play on a spectrum and there's no really rules here. Like you get to make it how it fits you and your partner at the time or you and your partners at the time. Cause I used Mm -hmm. to be like, you can basically walk all over me. I'll like me back in middle school, high school, like my early relationships. I'm like, I'll totally give up all of my hobbies, the shows that I like, the music that I like, and just like only do what my partner likes, like super unhealthily codependently just be like, I will be and do whatever the fuck you want, but never cheat on me. Like that was my one and only hard rule. I'm like, if you were out getting drunk, if you're out with someone, I'm like, you will fucking text me. You will call me. Like that was a hard, hard thing in my world where I'm like loyalty matters. And if you ever cheat on me, I will lose my fucking shit. Like I'm the nicest person in the world. Sure. I've never had any boundaries around anything before, but like, if you cheat on me, I will lose my fucking shit. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I respect like, you know, like this, this kind of stuff boils down to like what our core erotic themes are for it. Like, you know, like, a lot of the women that I've, I've known over the course of my life who have that kind of like, you know, in, uh, and men too, actually, this is certainly not gender specific. I just date women. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of like, don't ever cheat. It's oftentimes because like they want to feel treasured or special. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, that there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel treasured or special, but if you're, if you're in that moment of like, well, it's kind of one of the core things for me to feel like I'm the only one. Cause it makes me feel treasured and special mm-hmm. and your, but, and your partner's like, I want to open up the relationship to, you know, this kind of thing it, you can, you can pray into it. It's like, how can I feel treasured and special while polyamorous, mm-hmm. right? Like what might that look like? Mm-hmm. Right. And then totally that thing about like finding resources and community and blueprints of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. that makes you feel good in that new possible dynamic yeah. super valuable mm-hmm. right super super valuable yes and because sorry you can go uh, well i was gonna change the t- topic so i'll let you finish if, if you're cool if, yeah. yeah because like i know that that is a big wound that like a lot of women have where like they've seen their parents cheat or they've had experiences cheating. Like that tends to be a really mm-hmm. deep wound for people. I just like want to spend yeah. a bit more time on it to like yeah, honor yeah. my experience of it and kind of maybe. Totally. totally. It feels called. Um, for me that like showed up in unhealthy ways because like another big relationship that I had, um, he would go online every once in a while just to like feel validated, like to feel special, to like get compliments or affirmations. And I like had found out from a friend that he was like on an online dating site while dating me. And like, I totally acted out of like integrity with me. I was like, he went to have a shower and I checked his phone. And as soon as he got out of the shower, I'm like, I just checked your phone and I do not want to be this person. Like we have to talk about this. So like, I started doing the work on like that cheating thing, like years and years ago. And it's amazing to be in the space that I'm in now because I don't have that worry and that fear. And like, that used to be so looming in me. Like it hurt to have sex. And I was having painful penetrative sex whenever the fuck a partner wanted to like in my teens and early twenties. 
to keep a man. And like, that is not a silo story. There's so many women who have that story and confide in me around it and have different types of experiences around that. And it is so healing to be on the other side of it where I'm like, I don't have charge around it. Like I don't have charge around my dad cheating on my mom and what he did. Like the level of processing that I've done over the years has been so healing and it's like lighter. Like you don't realize how heavy it is until it's gone. Like me even reflecting on it now being like, wow, that used to be such a big thing and such a deep fear and some like something that was just like in the room. It was in the field. It was just like Mm -hmm. so unhealthy. So having the opportunity to do that work by myself and in partnership and expanding like compersion's amazing. Like my capacity for compersion now, not just in relationships, like it's now expanded into like the stories that I had with my family were like, blood is thicker than water. And when my nephew was born, like an old version of me was like, no, like I'm his blood aunt. Like I'm his only, like one of his only like blood <laughs> ants one of two people who are blood related to him and like all these other and my used to be stories like I don't want all these other bitches to like just like be like this is my nephew isn't he cute I'm auntie whatever like just because (laughs) a sister-in-law has all these other friends I'm like no like the story that was really deeply ingrained which was loyalty and which is why my mom stayed with my dad and all the things which is like blood is thicker than water and all these stories so it Mm -hmm. was very interesting that when he was born and like seeing other people post pictures and being his auntie by not blood and all the things like I had such an open heart of like, I'm so grateful he's loved by so many people. Like it wasn't a scarcity thing. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. I was just like in awe of the person that I am now and the thoughts that I would have used to have had was just totally. like, I am so grateful he's so loved. I'm so grateful that there's so many people local who are loving on him. Like it was just like so amazing to feel that level of love. And I don't think that compersion gets enough like gratitude for outside of just poly relationships or outside of just absolutely agree. I took a cool class here in Portland called um uh uh the the six love languages Mm. and it it actually it it included compersion as a love language Mm. whether or not it's true I mean the love languages aren't strictly speaking quote-unquote true right they're not (laughs) right it's just it's a tool that we use to frame things and what I loved about this class was it pointed out how valuable it is in our lives to have like, I often feel a need for compersion Mm -hmm. or I feel compersion, but I haven't, I don't, you know, outside of the polyamorous frame, I hadn't thought of it that way, but particularly the easiest version is my daughter, right? I feel compersion for my daughter on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I do not care that when she was three years old, that she, you know, played with another three-year-old because <laughs> I, enjoyed it. I enjoy it because she enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm so happy. And I genuinely feel my own personal happiness because I see her being happy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I uh, have studied over the course of my life a little bit, this one I didn't go super deep with, but was uh, something called um, uh, nonviolent communication. Mm-hmm. And while I didn't necessarily love everything about that world, um, the, they talked about um, uh, one of the needs that we have is for other people's needs to be met. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's compersion, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, I have a need for everybody in my life to get what they need. 
Mm. Right. Like if I'm familiar with myself and familiar with my needs and I've gone deeply into knowing who I am, it's like, I have a need for other people around me to be, to be, to be okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And the only way for me to not feel that way is to become sociopathic. Right. You know, like, but it's like when I'm, when I'm with somebody, as long as I consider them a human being, I'm like, <laughs> I need, I, I, I have a need for you to be okay. Mm-hmm. I have a need for you to get fed, to be sheltered, to mm-hmm. get laid, you know, whatever it is you need. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. and, um, compersion is just an expansion of becoming familiar with that. Right. It's like, I want my partner to be fulfilled. Yeah. Right. Like being, being that to me, that is one of the most important prayers that we can mm-hmm. be holding for our relationship is I deeply desire for my partner to be fulfilled mm-hmm. and totally happy, completely happy. And to put that prayer for my partner above my insecurities of losing them. Not to say I don't have those insecurities. I definitely have those insecurities. Right. But to not let them, those insecurities, be the captain of my boat. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They're, they're a crew member I take care of, not in charge of the boat. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've loved like all along my journey, hearing you and feeling your energy when you talk about this, because it just is so inviting and so like genuine. And that's something that I also really love about our connection is that you can genuinely have and hold love for multiple people. Like you can just overflow it, like your capacity to just like beam unconditional love to other humans astounds me. And because we had started our interaction with a plate, like not beginning start, but like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. early on, <laughs> we had had a play party where I got to witness you in your like zone of genius, in your like joy of like giving to another woman in front of me, like while I'm laying mm-hmm. on the same bed, yeah. it was so inviting. And to see you lit up in that way and to feel that you genuinely have that capacity, that it's not coming from what unfortunately I think some people do is like, well, my partner was like uh, eight out of 10 and I need those last two pieces fit or like now we're at a place yeah. that like we're fours and I need like another four to come in so that my sex life feels like an eight out of 10. Like that is so gross to me. Like yeah. it I, is such I appreciate no for that, me. I appreciate that some people live that way and that, that you know, they report feeling like this is the way they want to live. Right. Yeah. For, for, for me, um, for me uh, personally, I think that that way of, of doing polyamory has limits, mm-hmm. right? It has, it, there's limitations uh, to the quality of intimacy mm-hmm. that you can create. It doesn't, it doesn't really reach that depth. And I don't know anybody who lives poly that way who is also able to sustain healthy, powerful, and meaningful nesting relationship. Mm. If I, if I meet people who are doing poly from that perspective and they they're creating that, then I'll change my tune on that. Mm -hmm. But my experience is that if people approach polyamory from the place of like, well, you know, she doesn't like doing X activity. So I found somebody who likes doing X activity. Right. And that's it. Like, I mean, you can totally find like, you know, find other partners who fulfill those needs, but if that's the limit of how you're doing it for me, that, that, that has a a shelf life. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and it, it eventually makes people feel um, sort of um, unappreciated. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, well, you just use me for the things I'm useful for. Right. Right. But you can totally have like, you know, like in the kink world, it's super common, at least here in Portland, it's super common for people to be like, well, I've got a rope top. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, usually those relationships that are successful have a quality of like, well, we do the thing that I really value and I really like, but then I grow to care about them and I grow close to them. And I, and, you know, I value them as people. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a difference between things like rope or impact play and sex, mm-hmm. because sex in some fashion, if it's particularly like sexual activities, generally speaking, there's not a massive difference between sexual activities in terms of the result, mm-hmm. right? It's like most of these are about having orgasms, right? <laughs> like, you know, like, like um, they might have slightly different shaped orifices involved. but at the end of the day the there there's not a tremendously different activity they're mostly about one um slightly different sensations but two is it's fantasy fulfillment Mm -hmm. right and so if i'm only going to a new partner because i get to have this particular kind of fantasy fulfilled Mm -hmm. it it doesn't generate the kind of depth that like a rope scene does certainly you can have a uh a fantasy of being tied up, but what the actual scene creates, what actual kink experience to create is an altered state and an altered state. That's a ritual that you're performing together, that Mm -hmm. you're creating together. And that builds another kind of intimacy. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And it's the intimacy that sustains. That's what, that's my point is that it's the intimacy that sustains. Mm -hmm. And I guess I was just speaking to like in our relationship dynamic, I wouldn't want that to be like the base piece, but I totally respect anyone who's like, this is what me and my relationship needs right now. Or this is what, like, this is the best we're able to do in the moment. Like, I definitely don't want it to be like, I'm judging anyone or I'm yucking anyone's yum. Totally. Since then being in the single world where there are couples that are like, we desire to have this right now. Like I literally played for a couple of weeks with someone who his wife wasn't interested in having sex. They were totally cool with the dynamic of like, he's a hundred percent going to be with her forever. I'm just like, I'm stuck here during a pandemic. I don't want to be living here, but having some sex yeah. is fun and you're dominant and let's see where like our kink can overlap. Um, sure. Where it's like that was working for them. And that's what they were specifically looking for, where it's like, she totally, totally. was like, he was sharing from like the perspective of telling me where he's like I love her we've been friends then we became married we have a child together I love her and I and I'm like good I'm like I don't want anyone falling in love with me I don't want this like he was not a coach or healer like barely anything on my list of a long-term partner so I'm like you are not that for me I'm like us having some like kinky DS fun sounds really fun let's particularly do this for this season that we're in because we're in lockdown and I'm isolated from people and Mm -hmm. you are too and we're actually safe to bubble with like (laughs) yeah okay so I want to just sort of like clarify what I said a a second ago just a little bit further Mm -hmm. there's a difference between the actions that we take and like the activities we're engaging in which is like, I am needing more sex in my life or I'm needing, you know, like, and like pursuing getting our needs met versus the philosophy of how we poly. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Right. Mm -hmm. If I am polyamorous because I'm looking to Voltron together a fulfilling sex life, (laughs) that's different than I am poly because I value freedom and openness of expression and Mm -hmm. I value my partner being fulfilled. It's just like a slightly elevated mindset Mm -hmm. that's like goes beyond um, uh, beyond the utilitarian and into um, abundance. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's really what I'm trying to get at is taking the, the thought forms of polyamory out of, um, of scarcity and into abundance. Mm-hmm. Because if you're coming at polyamory from the place of scarcity of it's like, well, I'm never going to find a girl who likes this and this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to find a girl who likes each of those things or whatever. Like mm-hmm. coming from that scarcity mindset transmits scarcity. Right. right. It transmits to your partners. You're not fulfilling, but I'll make do with you. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it just, it feels gross even to say it. Right. It's like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's a terrible way to relate to people. Mm-hmm. Right. They're, these are people and we should be like, no, the, uh, the universe is an abundant place. If I want to find all of the things that I want in one person, mm-hmm. then that's what I'm, that's part of my longing. But if it's coming from insecurity, that's a whole other negotiation, right? Like, you know, and this is where it gets complicated to dive into it. But Mm -hmm. just elevating our poly thinking from the place of like, I'm doing this to get by into Mm -hmm. the place of I'm doing this because this is the philosophy I I long for and believe in Mm -hmm. uh, is is how you get to the place that you were talking about, you know, witnessing me genuinely having that capacity. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I don't see my partners as replaceable. I was actually reflecting on this like a few days ago that um, I was like, actually, I don't experience any partners that I've been with as replacements for other partners I've been with. Mm-hmm. Each person has their own unique blend of all the things that I enjoy about them that mm-hmm. is not truly replaceable with anyone else. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though there are commonalities, it's like, oh yeah, I like these activities. I want this kind of relationship. Those things are my, like, I, I know I need those things in intimacy at this mm-hmm. stage of my life, but each person who comes to me that meets those needs has their flavor. And, you know, if I let go of a partner that I have, I'm saying goodbye to the whole of that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that, that garden will never come to exist further than mm-hmm. what it was. Anyone new will be a different kind of garden, even if they're all rose gardens. Right. Right. Because I love roses. Right. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, Mm -hmm. that's really good. And because I had had the experience with you, like, I'm so grateful for our experiences as like you being such an incredible Dom, you being such an incredible man and healer and all these things. And like, because I had had that taste. I was able to then go out into the world and be like, well, what does feel good to me? Like what doesn't feel good to me and yeah. play with those things. So if there's any single women listening, who are like, Ooh, well, maybe I do want to explore in that, like tune into yourself first before you go on to FetLife or a dating site or whatever, like tune into you and get really clear on what you're desiring and what you want from the intention. Cause I have helped clients like manifest their ideal fuck buddies. Like write down your ideal list of whatever Mm -hmm. type of human interaction relationship you're desiring and then go out and be like, does this match up to it? Not like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I could maybe contort myself into that. Like, no, it's like, you're super clear on what you're desiring. Does this fit or not? And for me, a really important thing is that 
if I have any kind of poly experience with other people, that everyone is in the know. That like I've had a couple people who are like in this don't ask, don't tell bullshit. And like, fine, if that's like that's my own personal belief system around it. Like, cool. If that's <laughs> what works for your relationship and that is in the state of your life right now. But I've had men who are in a space where I ask, I'm like, so does your wife know? And he's like, no, we're in a don't ask, don't tell. And I'm like, I'm not available for that. So I'm super clear. So I've had wives reach out to me being like, hey, do you want to play with my husband? I've had people who are like, are you a unicorn for the thing? Like, and if you go on Fat Life as a woman, you're going to get a ton of DMs (laughs) asking. Yeah, yeah. If you hint that you once ever possessed breasts, you will get a ton (laughs) of DMs. (laughs) Right. So like the one experience that I had with this man who was married and like that sounds like so weird to my brain I'm like oh yeah I said that like 10 minutes ago um because I don't think my family like I think like my mom maybe knows but I don't think anyone else in my family knows like that wouldn't be like you did you dated a married guy like especially because of the background of cheating and the loyalty and all those things like their minds wouldn't be able to comprehend that so anyone who is in the space of like my mind's wrapping itself around that like get clear of what you were desiring because he was on a shared FetLife profile with his wife so that she was seeing everything that was going on. Like she was fully in the loop with everything. She was in a space where she's like, I am like not knowing the erotic blueprint language, but she was in like a resting space where she had no fucking interest in having sex. And she was like clear with that. And he was clear with that. And I was like, okay, well, I only plan on being here until the fucking lockdown stop. <laughs> and yeah. if we can fit this need for each other right now, let's see how it goes. And for me, it didn't get to the place of penetration, but I can have a million orgasms without <laughs> having penetration. So we played in the fun ways that didn't feel like pushing myself too far. And yeah. even in doing that, like I was like, sometimes my secret parts are like, Ooh, let's do this. And I did like get a strip throat thing from that. So I learned a lot of things around, okay, how does this dynamic work? How do I like this? What was I saying? What was I not saying? What was I not aware that I wasn't paying attention to? paying attention of within myself so like it was a really transformational experience and really deeply healing and it brought up stuff for me to process and I'm grateful for it like we had some fun times like it was great I learned a lot I healed a lot and all that to say is like any relationship experience you have you can have a ton of like lessons and richness and love and connection and play and pleasure and like passion and intimacy Mm -hmm. and all the things and there's no one right or wrong way to do it but you get to like learn from it and then take that and move forward so I haven't had any poly experiences with like a married person or a married couple or anything like that since but I have like been asked about them I've been asked Mm -hmm. and it's just like I'm super clear in what I'm a yes to and what I'm a no to so then I'm able to when someone else is bringing their super fun ideas to the table I'm like that works with me or it doesn't and I'm also flexible and like maybe I could, like, maybe that does seem like a thing that I could grow into. Maybe I do want to like play in that space, but totally, totally get to like choose that for myself and tune into my own body first. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, For anybody considering uh, being, looking into, to working with couples or people who are already in relationships, You know, if if people have that kind of don't ask, don't tell quality in their life and that works like you have thought about it and you're like, that works for me. I'm not going to yuck your yum. Mm -hmm. But the reason that it's such a uh, um, 
such a no-no in a lot of uh, the, the poly world is because the potential for cheating is very, very high. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find yourself in situations that have all kinds of sketchiness to them. Mm-hmm. And the thing I recommend for poly people in general is um, if you are lear- like, like enjoying somebody and you want to get to know them before you get too deeply invested in them and how hot they are, <laughs> ask to talk to their partner to have mm-hmm. one, even if you're, if it's a, I don't want a, any more connection to them than this. Right. I want to have a real conversation with your partner mm-hmm. to confirm that all the things that you're saying are true. Right. right? I had a, a submissive, uh, this is about two years ago now. Um, it was an online connection mm-hmm. and they were presumably poly and they were presumably in a totally okay relationship. And it ended very strangely and abruptly at about a month. Mm-hmm. And um, I looked back on it and I was like, so she said she was poly. She said that this was something her husband, but they had a don't ask, don't tell kind of policy. Right. And I looked back and I was like, and she was only ever available to play during work hours. Mm. And she was ever available to play when she should have been doing something else. And I was like, there's a pretty decent chance she was cheating on her husband. Right. Like there's a, a pretty decent chance of that. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of thing that the fact that I will never know, mm-hmm. right. Like I will never know whether or not she was right. It's, it, you just ha- if you're choosing to engage with somebody who has a don't ask, don't tell policy, recognize that's a very high potential, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's super common mm-hmm. that people find erotic outlets behind their partner's back. Right. And a, a, an easy and socially acceptable cloak for that is poly with a don't ask, don't tell policy. Right. And it's, yeah. which is sad, but like, and you can still have a, a relationship with somebody where you don't know your metamors or you're not, not involved with them and mm-hmm. still have that one conversation. Right. right. That just, that just the one time I just want to meet you one time so mm-hmm. that I know that he's not lying. Yeah. Right. So that I know that you're truly okay with this, mm-hmm. right. Cause you might meet that person and they're technically okay with it, but they're like, yes, you can sleep with him. You know, like, you know, like they might be like, and you might be like, no, you know what? I don't want to do that. Right. right. I, to me, it's part of my consent model. It's like if I ever engage with play with somebody who is in another relationship then I meet the, the other partner mm-hmm. now. Right. I, I didn't always have that uh, attachment. But after this, this submissive, it was it what switched me to. Mm, I don't want to do that again. No, right. that, that it doesn't feel good for me. I don't like the idea that that might have been happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you for the disclaimer. And it's important to also trust your intuition because like we're highly energetic people. We're very empathic. We can feel other people's stuff. And that was a piece of me, like after my, I don't know, it was a couple of weeks experience with this man that I was like healing pieces where I'm like, oh, I was like kind of caretaking her. Like I had a lot of my thoughts based on her and how she would be perceiving things and stuff like that. And that was not my business. Like that was not part of our dynamic. That wasn't part of our job. But like the energetic of it did feel a little bit gross where she has low self-esteem, like all these other pieces where even if she had like, she had had experience with Polly, she had had lovers before she was just in a space where she didn't want to have sex and she still wanted him to, it still 
the energetic piece of that was enough of a thing that I started to feel where I was like, I'm not yeah. interested in that. And there was yeah. like a combination of a couple of things that was why I decided to attend it. But yeah. it's also important because like we were going to have a meeting kind of before I actually physically had sex, like penetrative sex with him. Mm-hmm. And from everything that I was hearing, I was like, she doesn't like, she seems good with it all and like yes this is how our relationship works and they had been I think Polly for two years before I ever knew him sure um but yeah like there was that piece where I was kind of nervous about it because I didn't really want to deal with that energy of I'm not super thrilled because I had had your experience of like I am thrilled for this and I had our experience with when you had met the person that you played with that I was yeah. like a full cup. I came to like our meeting afterwards having like a super full cup. I was like excited about it all. So because mm-hmm. I had had that blueprint of it as a foundation into Polly of like, we're overflowing humans and we have so much mm-hmm. love and passion and pleasure that we overflow into others. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's lots <laughs> of different ways to Polly, right? Like some, like a lot of couples I know do that kind of overflowing pattern and that tends to work pretty good mm-hmm. right like the the people i know who do it in a good way like they, that's those are the people that i know who've been poly for 15 years and they're totally happy mm-hmm. right um and there's also there's other ways to do poly and they're totally legitimate and they work yeah. um but that that one's a, a one that pe- particularly the romantic people really like that one and it, mm-hmm. it works real good and it's a good way to maintain the health of your your primary relationship or relationships even yeah so good um another thing because we made i'm there like we talked beforehand i made some notes beforehand because i know that we're like (laughs) all over the place sometimes and talking and i wanted to like hit pieces um for anyone who's like starting to enter this experience i want to encourage you and give you like a permission slip if you happen to need one right now um to communicate to like over communicate to communicate what you need to ask for what you want and like be brave and courageous and like willing to hear a no and willing to ask for another thing and do it a different way. Like it was really like charge for me at the beginning for you to like talk about women, like even women that you weren't having sex with or weren't interested in having sex with, but like how you spoke about like women and her like sexy, this and her ass and her body, just like how you talked about women. I'm like, okay, if we're like, I'm like, like you can keep talking about them like this, but like we need to find a way to like help my part that's triggered and getting like nervous and like that she's better. And like, I had to be super vulnerable and tune into that part and be like, this is what's getting activated in me and what would support that part. Like, yeah, I'm going to go do the work on it to like heal it and work on it and see that myself and all the stuff. But while we were bridging into it, you had the bandwidth to do what I requested, which was like, can you also compliment me? If you're going to talk about this woman who has all these things, I would really appreciate it if like in the next sentence you talk about me and how awesome I am and like compliment a part of my body and objectify me in a minute. Like that was so grounding to my nervous system and made me feel safe and held where it's like, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't in that like scarcity energy of like, no, she's better than me. Or you're like now thinking of her and like, I'm not as good as, and like all those little parts that I had come up, which I'm since super grateful. Mm-hmm. I've done all the work on and processed a ton and like have way less charge yeah. those things. But like, Mm -hmm. that was so important for me to be clear on. And in like the erotic blueprint world, the more like EFC calls I'm on and like sex tips, tools and tricks and like all these different things and pleasure mastery, like the more 
people are asking questions, the more I'm sharing all these things. And I'm like, wow, like it's so helpful for people to know what works for other people and to like get mm-hmm. permission slip to like keep communicating, like ask totally, for what totally. you need, ask, find a way that that will work for both of you. You get to go do your work. And then if your partner has extra bandwidth, cause they might be the more experienced person in the room that they can like support you in this transitional space where you need that extra little bit of training meals and extra love and extra support as you're doing the work to expand. Cause it was a lot to fucking expand into poly in like the matter oh. of three or four months. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was a big expansion and what kept you on track with it and growing into it and not getting us stuck in pain with it mm-hmm. was the two things of one, you being really open with like, like, Hey, I have this, part that's feeling scared and I'm feeling a little like I I need some support and the other part of being clear in your erotic ambition right it's like I want this expansion so that that made it easy for me to make that investment in you and us in that way Mm -hmm. it made it easy for me to to you know like it's not exactly fun to carry people through a process like that right um you know it's it's work it's emotional labor yeah. but it's totally worth doing when on the, uh, the the person who's in that space of like needing help is also clear that they want that help mm-hmm. right when you're needing help but you're not clear that you want it it makes it very taxing for the person on the other end Mm-hmm. right for the or the people on the other end because it's like they're like look i can i can do that emotional labor but right now it feels like i'm going to do that emotional labor and then you're going to throw it away right mm-hmm. you know i i've i've uh raised a lot of poly folks in my life <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I've, I've helped a lot of people open up to polyamorous thinking mm-hmm. and um because of that like the ones that i regret having spent the energy were the ones that i was and, you know, this is totally my fault, too. And that, you know, his girlfriends who wanted me and I was Polly and they were trying to figure it out so they could be with me. And it was like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is like the wrong reason to be Polly. Right. Like, don't be Polly because you're settling for something. It's like, no, be Polly because you want to be Polly. Right. Like, um, But, you know, those were the exhausting experiences. Right. And it became easy to invest in you and other folks who it's like they wanted that opening. They wanted, you know, like they're, you know, they might have been scared, but they're also like, no, oh, but this is who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that's valuable. And because you have had most of your life in poly and a lot of experiences with that, um, are there other things? Like I know that you just said too, but. Are there other things that like really stood out or like that you'd recommend other people doing from your perspective of it? Cause I have my experience with it and it made like my ego heart feel so happy when you're like, you expanded so quickly and so much. And like compared to all the other women doing all the things, like, is there anything sure. else to help anyone who is feeling called to expanding into poly more or who's in that journey already that they can be more of, do more of, communicate more of, To me, poly and like good, healthy poly is all about clarity of intention and boundaries, Mm. right? And it's just that that's that like that is 99% of healthy and good polyamorous life Mm -hmm. is being clear about what your desires and intentions are and what you're what you're what you're aiming at Mm -hmm. and how you navigate boundaries. 
and like you know uh communication a million times right you know like to the to the, to the millionth power there's no end to the amount of communication mm-hmm. that that uh that is worth doing with the caveat of you can talk yourself to death right like you can you can you can get into so many negotiations that it becomes all stick and no carrot right where it's like you know then that's why i say you've got to have ideas about what's exciting for you about being polyamorous not just the like the like cruel discipline of ma- making sure you never have feelings of possession right it's like oh good lord cuz you know what happens then is we get exhausted cuz we know we need attachment mm-hmm. we need attachment to the people in our lives and where do we get to be attached if we're always free right yeah mm-hmm. and for me like my clarity of intention was that we were in an international long distance relationship i was <laughs> definitely moving towards the energetic of like we can build a life together, all the things. And (laughs) because you were already clear in your definition of like relationship style being poly, I was very driven. Like I'm already Mm -hmm. a high achiever seeker, 110% school type of person. So I was super driven to do the work, to get the resources, to do the processing, to support myself to ask what I need from you. Cause yeah, it was going to be a part of our future. And because we were international long distance and had that like time crunch of, I only have so many months out of the year I can be here yeah. before I like decide to totally shift my entire world yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like live somewhere else forever. Or, like get us into, like, there was just so many additional layers of that. So it yeah. did feel a little bit of like extra urgency. I don't want like anyone to ever be like, Oh, like Laura did expansion yeah, I poly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Within about four and, months. But- and, but the, that ambition to do it because of me only worked because you already had that thought of this is who I want to be. Yes. Because if you hadn't had the thought of this is who I want to be, it would have quickly become uh, deeply uh, painful and exasperating. Right. Right. Because then it's I'm making all these sacrifices. I'm doing all this work for something I'm not sure I want. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the, like, and that, 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 you know, for anybody out there, who's like considering opening up to polyamory for their partner, I'll just tell you what my experience of that has been in my life is that wanting to do it because it's who you want to be has long-term success doing it because your partner wants to be that is, is fraught, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, I've never seen it truly work well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I was clear that there were things in Polly that were drawing my soul to it. And I was very excited to keep following that energy. That isn't to say that there weren't many times along our journey where I felt like I was doing so much fucking work. I was doing so much. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah, like. I am a healer and I do like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of healing every week. So then my like healing focus for that time was like expanding into poly and it was draining at times and exhausting at times. And like, I'm not going to like put a pretty picture on it and be like, yeah, it was just totally like flowers and roses all the time. Like facing our inner shit and like our parental inner shit and ancestral inner shit, like fuck that's heavy sometimes. (laughs) I, I, I used to tell people uh, often is like if you're monogamous and you've never been poly on any level I recommend being poly for a year because it'll make you a much better monogamous person yes 
right? Because because yes. polyamory puts all of your motivations under a microscope. Mm-hmm. It, it makes you keenly aware of every behavior you have in regards to how you you interact with other people because it's so counterculture, yeah. right? Like it's so against all the unconscious training we get to being monogamous, mm-hmm. and it's very very. Um, very valuable for like getting to know yourself yes and how you how you relate yes I love that and I couldn't have said it better because I knew I desired to expand into it and now I'm in the place where I do feel like I desire a deeply devotional monogamous ishy relationship where I have not been in a five-year, 10-year, 20-year, 30-year relationship before. So I don't know how our relationship will grow, move, evolve, change when we get there. But for me and whoever my like soul king life partner is that I'm totally calling in, um, I desire for it to be me and him raising children together that like we have together. And I'm so clear on that now. And I wasn't before. And I was in the space. I'm in my 20, like in my twenties at the time, exploring things totally felt really called to it. It was like, I've seen people do that. Did envision part of my like future with you as being Polly. And I'm now in the space where I'm so grateful. I've had those experiences because now my monogamous experiences are so much more like cleaner, deeper, richer, all those things. Like, it's so weird. Like, And I know that if I had heard this as a monogamous person, I'd be like, interesting. Okay. (laughs) Like, it's so weird. And you can like put this to something else in your world where you were just like, it was a default. Like my life growing up, I was going to be a teacher or an accountant. That's just how life was going to be. That was just the super clear path. And growing up in this culture where monogamy, one man, one woman typically is what like culture is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's how it is. And that's the default. And that's just what it is you don't realize how many limiting belief systems are in your relationship that don't feel good to have. And I'm so grateful. I've gone through the expansion into poly to get super clear. And I know multiple other women and like relationship coaches, even who've gone through expanded into poly expanded into threesomes, expanded into all kinds of fun, different ways and are now Mm -hmm. super clear that they desire deep devotion with someone. And that's where it's going to end. And I'm in the space where I'm like, I desire deep devotion with a partner that I'm going to have children with. And I'm a sex coach who loves play parties, who loves these things. So if we want to have other people watch, if you like, whatever that becomes with me and my future part partner, my person, like I'm open to those things, but I'm super clear on what will work with me. Yeah. All that. And it gives you the capacity to communicate and, and evolve uh, because you're deeply familiar with those places in you rather than mm-hmm. having, you know, because monogamy can be like a roadmap of one very specific highway to get to Vegas, right? <laughs> right. And if any variation on that highway occurs, it can be like this, it threatens the whole map, right? Mm-hmm. Like it threatens the whole path. It's like, if I leave this path, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's happening out there, Mm -hmm. but if you explore with polyamory, even if you return to that highway, you know, what's out there. So you can take detours if you need a burger, right? You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's a very funny metaphor. (laughs) It is a very funny metaphor, (laughs) (laughs) which also brought to mind the, like being out there in the nothingness. So like 
something that I'm going to tease for our next episode because we can talk for hours and hours and hours on all the things all the time mm-hmm. um was like us expanding into deeper levels of kink play with like me going deeper into mm-hmm. like submission and letting go and all those things so I want to like tease that because yeah. we had epic highs like we went so deep and like super blissed out space and subspace and like all the fun things in our expansion together and there were totally times where I felt like I was in the pitch black unexplored place of like the deepest ocean that I'm like I don't have female role models for this like I don't have leaders who've gone through this like it was so new for me and like the territory I was going in was just like so expansive so rich so deep but also like parts of me were like scared I'm like I don't have a map for this and like we're just here going into deeper and deeper like oh yeah yeah all the things and using our sex magic for all kinds of fun stuff and it was just like so amazing to have you be there like grounding things and stuff like that but like it took a lot of emotional work for me and I had to have a certain level of safety in my body and like all these pieces that we can talk about in our next episode around expanding yeah. into kink and all the fun places that you can use tools and toys and all the stuff. Um, now, yeah, now, like, now into my language. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, yeah. Like I did at totally at times share vulnerably with you where I'm like, I feel like I'm in the middle of a deep, dark, vast ocean where I'm like, there aren't women who are talking about this or exploring this publicly. And yeah. since then, I've helped clients get to deeper depths and multiple orgasms and all of the experience who've shared that they feel like they're off the map. Like when I was younger, we played Age of Empires and you explore the map. So I'm sure this is in other games too, where it's like you start and you're one person on this teeny little lit up area and then you have to explore and then the rest of the map like gets lit up. But I've had many women share that they feel that when they go into deeper feminine flow, when they go into deeper trust, mm-hmm. deeper surrender, deeper subspace with people like that, they don't feel like there's a map. So that's one of our like reasons for sharing all of this and like the depth of our experience together, yeah. that people have more of a framework of it. They have more of a map. Yeah. They can have an easier transition on the highway mm-hmm. and know the detours and hear our experiences and the highs and the lows of it. So that it'll support more people in having deeper intimacy, more love, more connection. Cause fuck does the world need more love and communication yeah. and connection. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And you know, we'll, so next time we'll talk about, about kink, but we'll, we'll talk about what it's like to have that kind of altered state erotic expansion and to, <sighs> to work with that consciously. And, um, you know, that'll, that'll be super. And we'll get to some of the how to's mm-hmm. of, of different kinds of play and that kind of stuff. So, so, so good. Awesome. So people who have been so intrigued by what you've been sharing, David, and might feel called to checking out your work or working with you, how can they do that? Uh, I will have a website. I think I've been threatening to have a website for four <laughs> podcasts now, but I will have a website. It's it 85% in the show notes. It yeah. is there. You're just yeah, improving yeah. around this iteration. I want yeah, to like, yeah. give you credit for that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, no, it's true. There's, 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 it's already like, there, I have a heal me page, so you can, you can find me through that, but I'll have an actual whole website with like my smiling face and stuff on it, you know? Like, Yay. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. So that'll be in the show notes for sure. 
And then if you're feeling called to working with me, you can also book in the show notes below a pleasure and prosperity session to deep dive into where you're at in your life right now, where you're at in your sex life, in your relationship, in your business. I love to like overflow into all areas of our life because when you improve on one, it always like enhances the others, which is so fun. So in those complimentary calls, you'll get clear on where you're at, where you're desiring to be in those areas. We'll kind of tune in and focus in on like a big number one lesson or block that's showing up in your world that like working on that piece will kind of be like the domino that will make everything else easier or unnecessary. So you can have an even more easeful and pleasurable path forward. And we'll also have a personalized game plan and how you can move forward. So if you're feeling called to that, you can book that complimentary call in the show notes below. I wanted to say comments below. We don't have comments, but if you have comments from the show, you can go onto the Instagram of Pleasure and Prosperity and let us know. We'll have different promos for all of our different episodes. So if you go back to the previous episodes that David has been in, or even just like scroll the Pleasure and Prosperity Instagram, you can see like the highlights of like some of the show note pieces that we've put in some of the promotion. If you're like, Ooh, I like, like this conversation and maybe I want to dive into another one today and binge it or do it on another day. And all of that information is there. And we love when you engage with us. And even if you send me a like private message, cause I love hearing how this is impacting people. We are so open to like sharing more details, just going into deeper depths of things, like whatever you desire support in, we are open books to support you and having an even more useful and loving and supported journey. So Sending you all so, so, so much love and we'll see you in the next episode. See you then.